everybody. This is Justin coming to you live from Ballard, Seattle, Washington, as per usual. We got an awesome episode for you guys today. Uh, I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Jake. Jake, how you doing? Hey, John. Doing great. You know, I'm, I'm pretty sweaty here. It's about an 80-degree day in Seattle. And no AC, uh, I'm really feeling it right now. Uh, can't help but notice our, our crew's a little light today. Yep, yep, and Zambi, we got intern Zambi and Baja on the line, the most dedicated interns at this point. Boys, how you doing? Uh, we're, we're chilling. We're in Capitol Hill, just a hop and a skip from Gilman here. And as the Merrymen say, it's hot, hot, hot here in Seattle. I need another fan, but I'm ready to get some juicy talk going, and uh, I'm probably sweating a lot at the pits. So, <laughs> let's go. Yeah, for some, for some reason, the hot days in Seattle always hit a little bit harder i'm not sure why but uh as an experienced sun person that's what i have to say about that so (laughs) uh great episode we got some uh fun headlines this week a lot of stuff's going on even still with college basketball uh some big news there uh dive into some nfl talk a little nba and then wrap up with some gonzaga news so uh, i'm going to hand off to zambi now to walk us through the headlines Well, it is my inaugural time doing the headlines here, so let's get after it. Headline number one, we have that coach Mike Krzyzewski is retiring. Possible replacement, John Shayer. What do we think, boys? Boy, this is, uh, I mean, I'll start off by saying, you know, obviously, like, you can't be a fan of, like, college basketball at all and not respect, you know, Coach K for his longevity and, you know, the amount of guys he took to the league and then just the amount of national championships he's won. That being said, pretty weird move to announce it, like, that to just, like, announce this is your senior year. Like, what, what yeah. move is that? That throws me off a bit. Yeah, it's a classic Coach K move, let's be honest here. It's the same guy who's uh, magically getting injured in all of his losing seasons, um, the same one that magically pulled – a Zion Williamson commitment out of what seemed to be thin air. Um, but you know what? You're right, Jake. He's one of the greatest to ever do it, if not the greatest. Um, but it kind of made me appreciate Roy Williams a little bit because he just kind of walked up and said, I'm done. And he didn't want any of the hoorah that Coach K is going to get. And, you know, maybe it's just a little difference of those two, two historic programs. Um but with that being said, you know, I'm excited the Zags get to line up one more time against Coach K. Oh, boy, yeah. Those tickets are going to be a hot ticket item, you can say, now. Any any Duke game. I'm I, I'm going to throw out a conspiracy theory here right now. I think, uh, you know, Duke, the school, was looking at its lost revenue from last year because they didn't get, just, you know, any ticket sales. And they're like, hmm, how can we, like, pretty much double the value of all of our tickets for this season? And they told Coach K this to announce his retirement. Because if I'm a Duke fan, I mean, I'm definitely, I would definitely be trying to go to like every Duke game I could uh, for Coach K's, uh, you know, swan song year. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think (laughs) that's a pretty good conspiracy. I'm not going to rule it out yet. But, um, you know, he is getting up there in age. And, you know, the replacement, John Shire, I saw something cool on the interwebs where I think it was before he even committed to Duke. He went to like a Duke camp 
and Coach K like signed a picture of them saying, you know, you can put your mind to anything uh, or you can accomplish anything that you put your mind to. And now he's replacing him as head coach, Duke University. First gig, arguably the largest blue blood. Good luck, Mr. Shire. Yeah, <clears throat> I, I kind of agree with Paige on the sentiment of UNC and Duke, just kind of the different ways that Williams and Coach K went about this. Um, I was always under the impression, yeah, impression that Coach K wasn't going to do a farewell tour, kind of get all the bells and whistles, like full ceremonies before the game. And I do agree with Jake as well. I'm glad I bought in early on the Vegas tickets. So those will be a little bit more <laughs> pricey coming up. But uh, it is a pretty cool hire with uh, John here. Yeah, John. Um, let me pull up the quote here. Um, <clears throat> So he said, Duke University has been a central part of my life for more than a decade. I cannot ask for a better place to continue my career. It's absolutely humbling. I mean, you just got to feel good for the guy. He's come into a great program. He's been involved with it. Um, granted, I still have my feelings about Duke, but I mean, in terms of where it's going to go from here, I think it'll be interesting. I think uh, Coach K is a little burnt out and he just wants the birthday cake at the end. Going on, uh, headline number two, we do have some NBA news here for you guys. Danny Ainge abruptly retires. Brad Stevens abruptly becomes a head office guy. Yeah, that was a that was a surprise move because I don't think anyone was shocked. I, I think the Celtics were in a strange place because Brad Stevens, it feels like he's a coach everyone likes and respects, but he I mean they definitely haven't gotten like the job done in in Boston. Or or for at least Boston standards, you know. It's what you do. They sell more championships or championships on the Lakers, or is it like tied right now? I think it's <sighs> very similar, very close. Yeah, pretty close. Yeah. Regardless, it's it's like one of the most storied franchises, and I think like this was the best way to be like, okay, you're still part of it, but we don't want you to coach. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely a. <laughs> A very quick hitter in terms of the news on this. Um, I was perusing Twitter as I do when I'm bored at work, but um, apparently Danny Ainge was so pissed off about Kyrie <laughs> rubbing his uh, sneakers on the logo that he went down to the locker room and was like trying to get all, all these players to go over to the other locker room, Brooklyn's, and confront Kyrie about this. And all the players were kind of just like, like Jordan shrug, like, uh, like I'm not really about this. And at that point, I'm not sure if it was an actual quote or if it was just like um, someone commenting on Twitter, but it's like Danny Ainge cannot connect with <laughs> today's players. And that's why he kind of wants out. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty funny, honestly. I mean, yeah, I think that makes sense. I, I feel like, I mean, no one can take away Danny Ainge's career. And then he he's also done a good job as a GM, like that, that trade where they just, just took advantage of Brooklyn, uh, giving them Kevin Garnett and what they got, like all those picks that turned into like Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Um, you know, that was an all time move, but yeah, I think it's time for him to step aside. Um, exciting for, so with the new, with the Celtics coaching position now open, uh, rumor is they're considering uh, the current Spurs assistant coach, uh, Becky Hammond which I would be awesome because she's, you know, spent what, like, I think it's almost like nine years coaching under, you know, pop, which that's like pretty much the best mentor you can get. So 
that would be exciting to see um, first female head coach break into the uh, the NBA. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, I mean, I think that'd be great for the sport. And I mean, she's a great coach and much respect to Popovich. Um, I feel like that's probably one of the best manners you can have for sure. Um, moving on though, Legoat, as I call it, LaFlop, as Zane calls it. Hope you're listening, Zane. But uh, <laughs> LeBron got kind of spanked by the Suns the other day. Uh, what are our thoughts here? Um, does Amy, I want to hear your take as a LeBron defender. I'll, I'll call you LeBron champion. Um, I, I wasn't disappointed with LeBron for like not having the best of nights because there's no Anthony Davis. I think Dennis Schroeder didn't even make a basket. Neither did Caldwell Pope. But leaving the game with what was there? Three minutes, five minutes left on the uh, five, five minutes. Okay. Like that's just, I mean, I get you're LeBron and you're like going on to the next game, but you're not even supporting your team that I, I did not like that look at all. Yeah. Um, I'll be honest. <laughs> I wasn't really watching the game until the very end because Jake was blowing up the group chat about the Blazers Nuggets game, which was a great game. We'll get to that later, but I agree with you, Jake. Um, it's you have bad days in sports, and I think as a teammate, you have to be there and taking an early exit so you can get like a quick shower or whatever the hell he did. I it it doesn't sit well with me. I'm like, people are gonna bring up, oh, would MJ do that? Of course, it's gonna be brought up. Um, it's just more principle. Like you have to be there for your teammates, thick and thin. And I wasn't really a fan of it. I think um, the Lakers are definitely on the hot seat though right now. But oh, yeah. LeBron, LeBron's 14-1 and one in first-round games. <laughs> They're serious. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Paige, what do you think? How do you feel as a, I'll call you a multi-sport athlete, you know? Oh, th oh thanks, Jake. Um, yeah, I mean, it's pretty inexcusable. You can't, you can't do that. I mean, they were saying something along the lines that, like, he needed to get his reco recovery started early so that he could be ready for game six or whatever. I mean, you just, it's a tough look. I think, you know, part of the reason that he does these things is the media has built him up to be above his team, above his, you know, the sport really. And, um, you know, he thinks he can do this kind of stuff. He thinks he's like basically a coach and it's, you know, sometimes you got to suck it up and be a good teammate. Um, you know, cause at the end of the day, you're going to win or lose with the guys around you. But that's just never really been the case with LeBron. Um, it's always someone else's fault. And, you know, at the end of the day, the results are going to show for themselves. True, true. Yeah, I just view it as it's like if if not everyone on the team could do that who's not playing, then LeBron shouldn't be able to do that. Like imagine like Dennis Schroeder just walking off and going to the locker room. Like he just wouldn't play like probably the next game. And but obviously you can't do that as LeBron, but. You know, it's not, it's not like, I still like LeBron, but just um, not a fan of that move. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one closing part on this. If you were to do this in a rec league softball game, it's like <laughs> everyone's still at the field. You guys are getting spanked up in Green Lake on <laughs> the east side field. If you were to just leave, that would definitely piss people off, let alone professional athletes. And so I, I don't even know what they're feeling like. I guess you can't really speak up about it, but uh, enough about LeBron and how he's the best ever. But um, 
So what we mentioned beforehand, Damian Lillard absolutely went off, set, uh, I believe it's an NBA playoffs record, 12 made three-pointers, and had an absolute game getting no support. Um, what were you guys' thoughts on what all transpired in that two-overtime game? Man, I, I was switching between that game and the Lakers game. Um, don't know why. The Lakers game was already a blowout, but, like, the, the Nuggets kept pulling ahead by, like, nine with, like, a minute and a half left. And I'm like, okay, it's over. And then Dane just kept making everything. Like, that was one of the great – I was watching by myself, like, you know, just at my house, just casually watching it. And I was, like, you know, like, audibly cheering. Like, I don't know. That was just so electric. I can't imagine being, like, a Blazers fan watching that. And, like, oh, man, that was just <laughs> – the rest of the team needs to step up because that was that was some bad support. I think it was like in the two overtimes, the rest of the team went like one of 19. And that's why they lost to the Nuggets. But all-time performance by Dane. Yeah. Um, I love these evenings, like early summertime. Our group chat will just start popping off from Jake. Oh my God, are you guys watching this? <laughs> Nine o'clock. I'm like, Jake, I'm not watching Nuggets and Blazers game five on Tuesday evening. But the dude was 12 to 17 from the three. And he would, they were picking up as soon as he crossed that halfway. If not, I understand. I understand. I, it's with Dame at this point, I'm not a hater. Like, I actually like the Blizzards. To an extent, I think it's just like he does this in the first round all the time. And now it's like, okay, let's see him move on past the second round. Third, you know, move on to the conference finals. And, I, and it's not his fault that they're not because um, he's like kind of dragging them at this point. <laughs> but, um, you know, it would be nice to just see him have an opportunity to do it in the next round or the following round even. But um, it's, oh, it's kind of just like, you know, the last three years, there have been moments like this where it's like, so exciting. Dame hits this massive game winner, pushes it to double overtime again in the first first round or the uh, or the knockout round, whatever that was last year, or the bubble. That's what it was, right, when he was scorching hot. But, yeah, that's my take on it, I guess. I don't know. It is what yeah. it is. It's time to trade C.J. McCollum because he is a great, like, backcourt mate to Dame, like – I don't think he even gets the credit he deserves, but because of how good Dame is, you don't need him on the team. You need defense. You need, like, I don't know, a great power forward or something. Like, get the value you can for CJ now, I think, is what I'd do. And I know it'll break Portland's heart. They have such good team chemistry, but, you know, you got to do it. Yeah, no, I definitely agree, Jake. I think he needs more of a supporting cast. I mean, he has Cantor, McCollum, but I mean, if you watched the game last night, granted, they were pretty gassed at the end of <laughs> two overtimes in a full regulation game. But I agree, yeah, get McCollum while you can, while the price is high. And I mean, Dame Lillard went to Weber State or Weber, I think it's Weber, um, but he basically made his own brand. He's come to the very top. He, he deserves better than the performance that happened last night. And just a little nugget here, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> one of our uh, guests here, uh, Mr. Max Graves, he was actually at the game when Dame hit the infamous game winner. I think it was game six a year or two ago or two years ago. 
against Oklahoma City? The one where he did a step back and then just got like mugged at half court. Oh yeah, yeah, that's yeah, against yeah. the Thunder. That's a crazy thing with Dame though. Like I had to ask which game winner in the playoffs <laughs> you're talking about. <laughs> exactly. I mean with LeBron, I'm definitely a Dame fan. But Seattle does need a basketball team, so <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then shout out one of our most loyal listeners, Will Lynn. He was at the Nuggets Blazers game last night. Um, congrats to the Nuggets getting that win. I'm sure that was an exciting game. Definitely. My Snapchat had a, a few updates from that, but um, <laughs> moving on to some more uh, Gonzaga centric kind of content for you guys. The pride of Japan, Rui Hachimura had a career night against shoot. The Sixers. <laughs> the Sixers. I should know that. Um, career night, 20 points, 10 rebounds, little dagger at the end. He has a little bit of fun with it. What were you guys' reactions to that? Dude, I loved I loved Rui's game. And I also love how it, it's clear, like, the Wizards around him, for me, reading the articles, also really believe in, like, like Rui's potential. And they know, like, he's not always playing to it. Like, I think after the game, they were asking Rui, they're just like, why do you play so well? He's like, well, like, Ish Smith told me, he's like, just play, like, aggressive and hard because, like, play like there's nothing to lose, you know? It's elimination. And he was just going after it. The three was looking confident. He had, like, three poster dunks. Like, his, did you guys see his check on Tobias Harris? Yes. Uh that I did was, not, but I heard. That was awesome. Like, Gonzaga Rui would have, like, dunked on somebody and just, like, apologized. But, like, hey, you're doing great. Don't worry. And, like, jog back. Like, I mean, it wasn't a bad – it was kind of the Jalen Suggs tech, like, his first points against Kansas where he was just so pumped. And he was just, like, screaming nothing. But you knew right then, like, his energy was going to carry him through the game. So I hope that's a turning point for Rui. But – by golly, I'm watching this Wizards Sixers game right now, and it, it's looking like the Sixers are going to wrap it up. Bradley Beal and Westbrook need to kick that ball out. Stop driving into triple teams. Gosh darn it. Uh, yep. Well, Jake and I also lost 50 bucks tonight, so that's always fun. Um, but no, it's pretty cool. I think this is probably what, probably the biggest Gonzaga playoff moment since like Stockton, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> I don't know if like Dick Howard and Morrison had a big moment, but. Uh, or even Kelly, but this was pretty big. And that shot was nails. I mean, it's just, hey, another step in Rui's development. I'm still pretty keen on him becoming, you know, close to an all-star player someday. So uh, hope that happens for sure. But yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I agree, Paige. I think it was one of the biggest moments for the Zags in recent history in the playoffs. Um, my biggest takeaway from this is it truly looked like Rui was having fun out there. You saw him running down the court, tongue out and everything. Intern Dan put that in the group chat, so I'm stealing a little bit of his verbiage. But, I mean, it's just great to see. I mean, the progression from where he was when he came to Gonzaga to where he is now, and just, like, the whole global brand that he has. I mean, it's just – it's awesome. You, you got to feel good for the guy. Um, <clears throat> that's yeah, and he it. picked up that sick new bicycle sponsor. Not even sure what company it is, but – <laughs> it, it's not peloton but it's close <laughs> no it's it's not even a stationary bike it's just a literal bicycle <laughs> oh <laughs> hey well Rui's cashing those checks hopefully he's spending it well 
Um, well, that will wrap up our NBA news segment here for the headlines. And last but not least, we have NFL news. Where oh, where this guy will land, nobody knows. It's Julio Jones land. Where's he going to end up, boys? Oh, I like it. I'm, I want to play a game because I know there's been a lot of chatter about the Seahawks and the Chargers where Sammy, of course, wants Julio to go to the Seahawks. Paige said on last episode that if Julio goes to the Chargers, it might reignite his fandom for them. I want you each to give Julio Jones, who I'm sure is a listener, I want you to pitch him why he should go to your respective team. We'll start with the host himself, Jay Page. Why should Julio become a Charger? Oh, I don't, I don't have a pitch for this team. What the hell is this, Jake? I said, <laughs> if he should be pitching me on the oh, Chargers. Oh. Okay, okay, okay. You, okay, you t- pitch a team for Julio. That's not the Seahawks, then. Well, I just – see, now I'm just very unprepared. But um, Julio should go to the Bengals because they love overspending on wide receivers and not caring about offensive linemen. Boom. Any young quarterback. That would be all gas, no breaks. (laughs) Hey, hey, Joe, if you have more than two seconds, someone's going to be open. Probably won't, but just in case you do, someone will be open for you. All right, Zambi, beat that pitch. Well, I mean, it sounds pretty similar to the Seahawks sentiment. Uh, we don't spend any money on our offensive line, but I didn't I didn't see this question coming because, honestly, I, I don't want Julio Jones in Seattle. Oh, wow. Ooh. Hot take. Why, why don't you want young Julio? Well, one, he has a massive cap hit. We already have limited spending with this year in the CBA being at, like, 180. I think next year it's going to be at 213 mil. And, honestly <clears> – <throat> Russell has been sacked so much grand, like a third of those are his fault, but I really think investing in the offensive line will be much better. We already have uh, DK, we have Lockett. And I mean, <laughs> I mean, the Seahawks don't need another wide receiver at this point, you know? Um, I mean, this is all speculation on my part, but it also does depend, depend on Shane Waldron because there have been reports that he's completely revamping the Seahawks offense. So we'll see if Pete Carroll still wants to run two straight times and then throw on third down. So <laughs> I really don't know. I just, I'd rather have the money invested somewhere else like cornerback or offensive line. There's also talks about Geno Atkins coming to Seattle and trading um, Elton Robinson, just since we're so deep on the defensive line, but it's going to be interesting. I mean, <clears throat> 2021, 2022, it's going to be a really interesting year in terms of roster moves across the NFL, just with this condensed salary cap. So it'll be interesting. I mean, if he ends up here, I'll accept him. I'll welcome him with open arms. But um, ideally, I think the money's better spent elsewhere. And one one closing part. Similar to the Jadavian Clowney trade, <clears throat> with Julio's contract, we would need Atlanta to consume some of that salary. So it's not as big of a cap hit. That's the only way I can see Julio actually coming here. Well, I just want to put this out there right now to Julio. Um, you know, if you're looking for a team that has, you know, a genius offensive mind as a head coach, explosive young rookie quarterback, um, you know, 
uh, an all uh, all pro level receiver lining up next to you, and ten million dollars in extra cap space. You know the Bears are looking pretty pretty nice. You know, he's um, in our next NFL headline, but A Rod might not be there. So that division is wide open right now with no A-Rod and Jared Goff gone and Kirk Cousins not being able to win a game that's past 10 a.m. On, on a Sunday morning. So, you know, crazier things have happened. Just saying that. Hey, Jake, I like that uh, Kirk Cousins little <laughs> nudge there because Minnesota sports are off right now. I'd hate to be from Minnesota. The Twins suck. Timberwolves are coming to Seattle. You're stuck with Kirk Cousins' mega contract, but that's aside from the point. Aaron Rodgers, still a dick. Yeah, so apparently um, the, the Packers have now, before they were adamant they weren't going to trade Aaron Rodgers this year, but now they said they're they're willing to, to take offers. So apparently his uh, you know very brave uh, boycott in Hawaii is working. What do you guys think about this? Um, I mean, I don't really have any thoughts. This is this is kind of your vendetta, Jake. I'll let you just keep going and, and let us know how Aaron Rodgers has just hurt you in the past. Dude, oh, I count the ways. I'm pretty sure I, I would need like four hands to count the number of just crushing defeats he's given to Aaron. I heard a rumor, or I guess not a rumor, there's reports that the Packers could try to not trade Rodgers until midway through the season. And if he's just taking penalties by not showing up to practice, you know, that happens. And then once they trade him to like a 2-6 team that really needs a quarterback, then you have a good chance of getting high drafted. So I would love that scenario all around. There's one, talks over Aaron Rodgers. Two, talks over the Packers. This year. Um, three, Aaron Rodgers would be on like 
<laughs> Sorry, I was just eating a hombow. Uh, <laughs> in regards to Aaron Rodgers, I think the funniest thing about all this, like, it's kind of in the back, <clears throat> back windshield mirror for me. But I think the funniest part about all this, is, so it's well documented that Aaron Rodgers was on a little romance couples retreat in Hawaii for the wedding. It was with Miles Teller. <laughs> and a report comes out that, um, so basically before this, Miles Teller posted a photo with him and his girlfriend, just like having drinks at a restaurant. And he quoted it, signing with the um, Green Bay Packers. And so obviously that's going to piss off all the cheese heads. And then maybe like a day later, <laughs> there's a report that comes out that Miles Teller just gets punched in the face <laughs> at like some wedding reception venue. I think it was like over a dispute of how much it cost. But I mean, if you look at the guy, I mean, he has a pretty punchable face. So it's not super surprising, but is it a coincidence? I don't know. Wait, are you are you accusing Packer Nation of orchestrating this punch in the face to Miles Teller? <laughs> well, I mean, he has a punchable face, but I, <laughs> I mean, they're not Buffalo Bills fans. So it's kind of up in the air. I, I can't put a, <laughs> a strong accusation on a fan base. But yeah, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, hopefully, hopefully he wore some sunscreen. Uh, we do have some agave if you need it. But to wrap up the NFL news, we do Aaron have... Aaron Rodgers is not welcome on this podcast. I'm going to say that right now. Even oh, if you oh, wanted he to is. be. He is. Nope, banned. I will oh, leave. I know, and I know Zane would like to have him on, so two, two to three. <laughs> Zane's not even here. He gets no votes. And I, I was at the board meeting, and I acquired his vote. So two to <laughs> oh, one. Nope, that's impossible. I, I should have to say. Uh, I'm reporting well, you to the SEC. Uh, I, I will say Aaron Rodgers can come on if he brings Dana Peck. Getica Patrick with him. So. Uh, I don't think his ex was she his wife or girlfriend. I think it's just a girlfriend. Okay. Just girlfriend. I don't yeah. think she. He, I don't know if the girl from Divergent would be cool with that. I don't even know her name. <laughs> I don't know. You get like a GoDaddy.com sponsor. That's Ooh. not an advertisement, by the way. Not an advertisement. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So uh, to wrap it all up here, um, if you guys are. Following E! News, Jay Cutler is trying to get half of Kristen Cavallari's brand in their very public divorce. I think it's going to be a little bit saucy. I think Jay Cutler is a huge makeup and women's clothing guy. But what do you guys think? Jake? I mean, in Jay Cutler's defense, normally I'm not defending Jay Cutler besides when uh, he was our quarterback, and I, I had to pretend that, you know, we had a chance. Um, I mean, but don't get me wrong. Like, correct me if I'm wrong, but, like, uh, what, Christian Cavallari's, like, she became famous because she was dating or married to Jay Cutler, right? She wasn't famous before? I'm pretty sure she was on the Hills. Let me look that up real quick. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she was relatively famous. I don't know if she wasn't, like – crazy famous but marrying jay cutler definitely boosted the reputation right uh, i don't know she's pretty hot i, <laughs> I think it's, i don't know if it's a fair assumption or not it's hard to say i'm not educated okay. well, enough well i'm just saying if she gets half of his stuff she he should get half of her stuff it goes both both ways right two-way street so then they're just splitting stuff 
Yeah. I want half of that blouse, Christy. <laughs> so we go to my, I don't even know what her name is, the girl in Hawaii. I think but... she wasn't married to Mitch Trubisky or else she'd get half of his MVP. <laughs> oh my gosh. That would be, that would be tough. I want half the slime. What is that worth? <laughs> Probably like 20 bucks. Hey, it's got to be, uh, you know, like collector's item at this point. Oh, like, God. I'll make that my goal. Try to get Mitch Trubisky's MVP trophy one day. <laughs> hey, I mean, I think you can go to like any prank store and get the same amount of stuff for probably like ten bucks. No, I want, I want the trophy. I'm sure he'll depart with it pretty easily, but yeah, I don't know. It, problem. It's high praise, <laughs> but it is confirmed. Um, in May 2009, Cavalieri joined uh, the Hills. Um, I've, I've never seen it, so I can't comment on it, but she's also apparently in Laguna Beach and a bunch of other things. Oh, oh, this is kind of tight. She starred in National Lampoon's Van Wilder freshman year. Wow. So, yeah, she's a regular superstar <laughs> on her own. Electric. Well, right, I mean, if she starred in the Hills, she's obviously from money, right? Like, I don't think either of these people are going to be like, struggling after this divorce well there's that whole thing with them in covid they like went down to like the virgin islands or something down there in the southeast like caribbean area and they got stranded there and people were just roasting them for posting like instagram photos like oh i'm on a floating like hut right now this is so sick they're like okay <laughs> shut the hell up but that's that's all i have on this all righty. Well, uh, with that being said, I think we can just jump right into our next and final segment. The reason most of you are probably here, Gonzaga basketball, there's still news coming. And as long as there's still new coming, we're going to keep turning uh, out content. And with that being said, right after we posted our episode last week, uh, a few exciting things happened, like literally hours after I posted it. First and foremost, Drew Timmy uh, declared that he's coming back. Um, I think this kind of caught everyone by surprise a bit. He hadn't – I don't know if he, like, tested much out in terms of the actual draft process. You know, he'd been working out for a while, it looks like, with a, a guy that trains, you know, collegiate players looking to make that next leap. Um, but with that being said, guys, what do we think? I mean, I don't think it was unexpected, but – any initial thoughts there? Um, I mean, as a podcast, we knew he was going to resign because we had that inside scoop with Mr. Harris. But, um, you know, I, I, I'm just really glad, uh, you know, now we can be officially at the number one ranking for all the, you know, meaningless preseason rankings. Is there like, okay, yeah, they have the Wooden Ward favorite Timmy back, followed by the number one overall recruit, Chet. And... Man, I think, yeah, I think Timmy's going to be on a revenge tour. And I think, I'm going to say it this year, I think he's going to play a whole lot less friendly. Like, like you know, last year he, he, he played hard. I'm not trying to say that. But it was very much like, oh, ha, we're having a good time, but I'm winning. Now I think it's going to be ruthless. Yeah, I definitely like that take. Um, I put it in the chat and it was quickly shot down. 
I think Timmy's going to be a 30 points per game scorer. Ooh. And my thinking behind that is just like you said, Jake, he's not here to fuck around, um, to put it, you know, a little bit abruptly. Um, he's there to get a bucket. He's there to win. And he's going to be the number one option. It's going to be Nemhard coming off of screen and rolls from Timmy and even a little Chet probably, a little Anton in there. Timmy's going to be flexing that new three-point shot, that tighter handle. And um, I, I just like – I think the team's going to average, you know, probably a similar amount, 86 to 90 points a game, whatever it was this last year. And I don't know who's going to score all those points, you know. I think he's going to get the lion's share of touches uh, when we're in our sets. So I'll, I don't well, know, man. 30 points, that's so much. And, like, you got to consider, too, for averaging. Like, maybe in big games he could be averaging that where we, you know, it's close. But, like, in the WCC, let's face it, Timmy's going to be out of these games by, like, eight minutes left in the, the second half. Uh, that's generous. <laughs> yeah. That's – I mean, we're, we're still going to give it to him just because, you know, help his win reward, you know, race and, and all that national brand. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you got to feed Chet. You got to feed – I guess Nemhards does the feeding, so you don't have to feed him. But <laughs> Salas – Probably Strother. Anton should get his shots, but I I would say 25 would be a higher than I expect. Like that would be he's an uncontested wooden ward winner because his efficiency would have to be insane. Because he he isn't gonna be averaging as many minutes, I think. Well, I think he was on you know some a, a close pace to that. In the NCAA tourney, they got a lot of big uh, games coming up. Obviously, the WCC is a little bit different, but you'll lose a ton of scoring next year. And I know Nemhard's going to step up. I know Chet's going to be – I mean, we've never seen anyone like Chet. Um, and I just think out of everyone returning, he's got every opportunity to do so. Uh, speaking in Timmy terms, um, averaging 30 a game. But – We'll see. We'll see. Uh, maybe, you know, Strother, Harris, or Bolton steps up and becomes, you know, a 10, 15-point uh, game kind of guy. Uh, but moving forward, the Zags also declared who they're playing at the Battle in Seattle, which we uh, famously debated last week. <laughs> uh, I was actually right. And I'll give credit where credit's due. I got the idea from Escargo's podcast. Um, and it just made sense, you know, because um, I didn't think, like, Kentucky would have been cool. Um, but, like, Alabama, I don't know. They're, like, up and coming. They play a similar style, relatively similar style in terms of just overall game speed. Um, but what do you guys think about this matchup? Yeah, no, I'm uh... – <clears throat> I'm pretty pumped up for it, honestly. Like, anytime you can play the SEC, if it's football, baseball, basketball, I'm here for it. You got to humble them a little bit. And it's like Bama, Arkansas, either one of them I would have been okay with. But it's great to have basketball back in Seattle. And I think the Zags are going to put their best foot forward. And (laughs) we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you, Zambi. Um, I, I think this is a great team to play in the battle for Seattle because it, it's a team that, you know, is just kind of beginning to experience its success 
like as of late, I'd say for like the last three years, Alabama has been a really good basketball program, but there's still a program that when you think college basketball, you don't really think Alabama. So I think it will just be his two teams. Just, I think it's going to be a really hard battle. Like this might be a, a way too hot take, but I think, I think we win both this game and the, the black Friday game against Duke. But I think, we beat Duke by like 11. I think this is like a buzzer beater, two or four point game, Zags. Like, I think Alabama is going to play their hearts out. Yeah, I think that's definitely safe to assume. I mean, they got a lot of dudes. Like, they have the guards to line up with our guys. I think we have a, a clear advantage inside, but they, they got guys in there too. You know, they're no scrubs for sure. Um, you know, I think their guard rotation will look something like, they got that five-star J.D. Davison. They have Javon Quinley coming back. Um, I'm sure they have a couple other guards coming back. Uh, Namari Burnett committed there, former all McDonald's All-American. And then, I mean, they get so many transfers and, and good transfers on top of that. So um, I think it'll definitely be a great game. Like, I think Gonzaga Nation isn't quite prepared at how good of a game this will actually be. Um, but speaking of games... We got the news that, and nothing's finalized yet, but watch tomorrow, as soon as we drop this, this will be finalized. Uh, Gonzaga and UCLA are lining up on a matchup. Um, I mean, this would be freaking massive. This is probably the preseason number one and two teams. Um, guys, what are your thoughts here? Oh, man, I would I would love this just to see the, the Andrew Nemhard versus Peyton Watson matchup or whatever – whichever one of our like three young five stars we throw at him. Um, I think we would dominate the paint. Although that would be interesting with uh, UCLA center being healthy again. Um, but it, is this due because, because I saw for, for the Zags when we were supposed to play in Madison Square Garden for the Empire Classic, but they're now trying to move that to like Newark. And I think like all the teams are like, fuck you. No, we're not playing in Newark. Like that was not the <laughs> arrangement. Um, is this in place of that tournament? Do we know? All I know is Newark is where MetLife Stadium's at. And so it's like a pseudo New York. Hmm. It's New Jersey is all I know. And I don't want to play. Yeah, New yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Everyone knows how opinionated New Yorkers are. So it's <laughs> a good point. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm really not sure overall. I really hope they lock this in because this would be huge. And I think it would be pretty fun to do a, uh, a preview. Yeah, Sammy, what do you got? Uh, well, my initial thought on this when I saw this on the segment here, Mick Cronin, don't poke the bear. Yes, that's a reference to your Cincinnati days here. You guys had a good run in the tourney but you're not established yet. Step up to the table. Did you just call UCLA not established? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess a Bruin is a bear too. (laughs) But (laughs) I mean, let's be real. Like UCLA hasn't been very relevant lately. And I think the Zags are going to come out and just as previous episodes have said, Molly Wapham. I have, I'm saying 10 point victory at least right now. Quote me. Dang. I don't like, think it's out of the realm of possibility. Um, I think 
they're still waiting on if Juzang's leaving, and I think if he leaves, will be a pretty solid favorite. I would probably say like six to eight point favorite. Um, and also their center, I don't think we're sure if he's coming back either. Uh, the Chris Smith guy who tore his ACL. So um, if he also leaves, I think Gonzaga will be more talented again. I think they'll just be a, if they become that scrappy UCLA team they were in the tourney because that was ridiculous. Um, but last but not least, we kind of came up with this on the fly here, but uh, we want to give a little preview or a little matchup game we're most looking forward to next year. Um, I'm going to just rattle off some matchups after these guys go, but I'll hand it off to Jake. What, what game or even matchup are you looking forward to this year? Um, I'll give you the matchup and then the ideal scenario I want from it. So I want us, uh, when we play Texas, um, it's, it, it's pretty early in the year, right? It's like end of November, early December, I think, before Big 12. So I want an undefeated Texas and everyone's raving about Chris Beard, you know, his first year. You brought in all these recruits. No one can stop Texas. Like, Gonzaga's overrated. They shouldn't be ranked one. And then we just, boom, clobber them. That's what I want. And, like, they're just not ready for just the passing, the, the high pick and rolls. Just put up, like, 105 on them. Um, but I think that Texas team will be a really good team. They have so many new pieces. It'll just be so interesting to see where they add. That's a team you kind of want to play early, which we are. And then I feel like it's like buying low on the stock. Like in March, when they're looking at, you know, all our wins of like, wow, they beat this Texas team by a lot. And I think the Texas team in March will be much better than the one we're playing like beginning of December. Yeah, no, I agree with you, Jake. Um <clears throat> It's going to be really interesting. I think the Alabama game is uh, going to be interesting. We have Texas Tech. Um, I might be biased. <laughs> I think this Duke game is going to be fun. It's in the same arena as the Golden Knights, which are tipping off actually one minute ago. Go Knights, go. Fuck the Colorado Avalanche. But anyways, <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think the Duke game is going to be great. Um Gonna be tons of Zags down there. If you haven't bought your ticket, buy it now or have buyer's remorse. And I mean, it's Coach K's farewell tour, so might as well lock in now before anything gets crazy, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, there's so many good players coming back to college basketball next year and, and a bunch coming in that there's so many exciting matchups for next year. Um, but I'll start with some of the big ones that I just am just so excited to see. Obviously, the first one that comes to mind, Chet versus Paulo. Zambi kind of touched on it with the Duke matchup. Coach K's final tour. But a battle of potentially the two who could be the top pick in the draft. I think that'll be a pretty exciting game and matchup. And then I'm also really excited to watch Nemhard go up against uh, some of the more experienced guards we have on the schedule. Uh, I think I mentioned it earlier, but Javon Quinley of Alabama – um, you could even look at uh, what's that guy's name on Texas who's coming back? This fifth year senior, oh, what's um, Andrew Jones, Andrew Jones on Texas. Uh, even like Tommy Cousy and Alex Porcello from uh, BYU. Those are going to be great matchups. Um, if I'm missing someone from either any of the team, good teams are playing, I apologize. Oh, uh, Tiger Campbell from UCLA. 
I'm just really excited to see him and maybe some of our other younger guards defend some of these guys. Like maybe Dom Harris becomes a lock lockdown defender. We kind of hope he can be and know he can be. And he's like locking up these guys and putting the clamps on them. Uh, maybe uh, Hunter Salas is rising over some of these guys for a fast break dunk. Uh, there's a lot of really exciting things that could happen this year with all the talent we have coming in. But um, guys, any last thoughts before we wrap this puppy up? Um, I just want to touch on when I totally agree the with your Chet Paulo uh, matchup. That'll be so much fun to watch. But that feels like one of the games where like all the media going into it is going to be focused on Paulo and um, um, Chet. But then like Timmy's going to have like 35 points. Like that's a game where he just like no one is talking about him, and which will be crazy. And he'll just take very personally. It'll be kind of like the USC game where everyone's just like, oh, like, nope, you can't do anything. Not against Evan Mobley. And then just spanks them and shows them, like, you know, what, like, three years in a college program teaches you. Because I feel like that's dismissed very easily now. Where it's like, I get the potential. That's what you're drafting. But, like, in the college game itself, like, Timmy is going to be dangerous. Yeah. It's going to be pretty funny. I. I'm excited for the Texas matchup because they've got so much hype with all these transfers. And I'm like, okay, they picked up, you know, that Christian Bishop kid from Creighton who Timmy took to school. And then they've got some other bigs that they picked up. Well, don't get me wrong. I'm sure they're talented. But I'm just like, Timmy and Chet are going to be an absolute handful for even these, like, hyped up teams. Like, I don't know how you can guard, can guard that front court. I mean, it's it's – pretty much impossible and I think you know with the addition of Stephen Gentry who's just it sounds like he's kind of like an offensive guru um this guy's the freaking limit I'm I'm really excited yeah I'll piggyback off you Paige um Gentry I'm so excited to see what he can do like I mean we saw what he did uh was it Illinois mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so that paired with like Mark Few's expertise, like it's it's just gonna be great. And then the Chet Timmy combo, anything in conference, it's just gonna be a bloodbath. It's gonna be like a son of Sam moment, you know, just freaking <laughs> sacrifice people. <laughs> Dang it. It's like when do you want to tap out. <laughs> but um, aside from that, I have some uh, shrimp fettuccine going right now, and. Um, I'm excited to see where this year goes. <laughs> Boy, it's getting getting saucy over at Zambi's household. I might have to come yeah. over. Oh, yeah. I got some more for you. <laughs> All right. Well, I think with that being said, we can wrap things up. Um, massive, massive, massive announcement. Uh, the Seattle boys, we have officially joined a softball team. Um we're looking for blood. We're looking for all the smoke. Um, that being said, if any of our AWLs are a female and like to play softball, I think I heard a wise man once say the most valuable thing in a co-ed softball league are girls that will show up. So, <laughs> well, we also want girls that hit dingers because the girls on our team who we have just five no dingers. They're they're they're. They, they're dangerous. Let's just say that. Oh, we got oh. like eight years of collegiate softball. I don't know, Jake. You said our team. You're on the team. <laughs> I thought we were talking about damaged goods, the team we're all on. 
Oh, you're yeah. on it? Yeah. What the fuck? Well, technically, <laughs> technically, Jake has to try out, so from what I've heard. You, no, uh, you should have seen me at the park, Zambi. I was, did you not see me tossing around? Catching, I saw you. Running the drills? <laughs> no. saw I, I saw Jake make look the most athletic he's looked in years. He's, right? he's ready. I had a salad tonight. That's what I had for dinner. <laughs> Let me just say that. I feel, I feel like I'm 18 again. Hey, come get this shrimp. <laughs> Damn it, okay. <laughs> well, Bash Brothers are reunited once more. Penny's on the squad. AC, Izzy. We got we got athletes out there. I'm sure there's others on the team that I haven't met yet. But uh, we're definitely back. Definitely back. Uh, but with that being said, awesome episode, guys. Efficient episode, some would say. And uh, we'll catch you all next week. Drop barrel, drop bombs, baby. Enjoy that sun, guys. And gals. <laughs> Jake, you have to press the, uh, there you go. Wait, the record button. Oh, shit. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there it is. <laughs>